This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Um, we're now kind of approaching another section of the Shiurim. Um, we spent some time on basic tenets of Amuna. We spent some time on sort of up- applied inyanim to people, especially geared to people outside the yeshiva and so on. And now um, we would like to do some other material in a different format. Um, let's briefly explain what the material is. Shabbos morning in yeshiva we have a shear after uh, Shachris. It's been for the last 15 years. The point of the shear was to try to learn Rishonim on a nyanim of emuna and ashkafa, um, built around the psukim because you do want to keep it with the kesha to the to the parish of the week, and we um, and I've collected over the years uh, quite a bit of material built around the parishes, but really more with the aim of yesod and deyas and ashkafas and so on, and we've collected it. Uh, Bez Hashem, it should be coming out at some point. And not in the too far future. It'll be called Yisodia Torah. But we'd like to do those pieces inside, together. Um, we will make available this, those sheets uh, on the Internet. And I will also try to read and skim a bit, try to make it accessible so someone listening is not drowned out by the reading and so on. The Inyan of and Amunas and Deos Despite the fact, or maybe because of the fact that they're so fundamental to Yiddishkeit, the Ramam starts his Yad with Yisraelia Torah, Deos, etc. And uh, the first Seif Hamada really centers around the, the fundamental uh, underpinnings of Yiddishkeit. So in terms of significance of Shivas, they are extraordinarily Chashev. But it's been <laughs> problematic... Um, really making it accessible. Let's look at the halacha part of Torah. The halacha part of Torah, we have the Gemara. The Gemara does go through a Shakavataria that is explained. The Gemara comes out with Psakim many times. And somebody learning the Gemara can pass in a reasonable amount of halachas from the Gemara and be not far from the Psak. <coughs> the Rishayim came along. They um, argue on very major points in the Sugyas, and by getting a sense of the different shitas, the rabbim and the yachid, the, the, the different um, the types of shayim, we also gain a reasonable sense of halach lemaisa. The tour and Beis put it together for us, Shachar Ramah put it together for us, and pretty much we have a very clear sense of what a halacha is. Occasionally there's a machlokas that isn't so resolved. Occasionally there's a machlokas that a new thing. But there's a clear structure that we can relate to as being, um, so to speak, baseline. And everything else is either dasichidor, chumra, or kula, whatever it is. In hashkafa, we don't have that. On the one hand, chazal that speak about it and psukim are very difficult to pin down when is it a metaphor? When is it talking about a certain case? When is it true universally? How true it is? And when is it a machlokas? Can there be machlokas in these yonim? Very, very indefinite. A person 
can can take medrashim, and if he's if he doesn't know how to learn medrashim, he could become a very fine apicorus. I didn't say that. The Ravid says it. The Ravid, when he speaks about a person um, I, I, I believing in akshama, whether he's an apicorus or not, the Ravid argues the Rambam that many people were misled by medrashim, and the Rambam so feels psukim in navi could be misleading. So um, we can't turn. It's the other way around. We we can't start with the Chazal and then touch without the Rishonim, without the Shitas. We have no clue about what the Chazal are telling us, as opposed to Halacha, where we have a fairly good idea, and then we have the the, the issues that the Rishonim work out. Um, on the other hand, we have Rishonim speaking about different places. There are very few Rishonim, if any, that wrote something really structured on these Inyanim. Um, the, the, the Rambam or Nevuchim, even though he was meaning to address many Inyanim, is a highly unstructured Sefer. It's almost, um, it, it, it's, it's almost baffling. The Rambam, whose Mahalach and all his other Sefer is so excruciatingly structured. In Mor Nevuchim, he writes, I will not structure it so that I can hide different ideas and sort of uh, pass on the radar screen, so to speak. Uh, the, the, the Rambam seemed to have, have a very special kavan about it. You have Munasa Deus that's that that's structured. Um uh, Kuzari is not a structured safer, Rambana Khumish deals with Khumish and so on and so forth. So it's it's not structured. And there is nothing like a Aruch that in any sense brings together the Shitas and weighs them and gives us a sense of which way the halacha should go. It, it just um, no, there are arguments, there are the machlokas in different places, but very, very difficult to evaluate what's halacha lemaisa, so to speak, what's the accepted structure, and what's unusual and different. By going through these Rishonim, we're going to try to um, understand different points. Um, On the one hand, it will not be structured in the sense that they're going on psukim, that's the order that we went with. Um, but uh, w- w- the one plus is these are Rishonim. You can use them as a smach. Um, there may be Rishonim that, feel that hold differently, but you certainly can use them as a smach, and we can rely on it, and so on and so forth. And in time, person can build up quite a nice um, storehouse of different sh- of, of shittas and gain a sense of what's their hamelach, what seems to be the most Kubalika um, shitas, and which seem to be unusual shitas. The Rishonim that we have here are the Rambam in all Asfarim, the Ramban, predominantly from his Pirus on the Chumash, the Ben Ezra, Rabbeinu Bechaya, predominantly from his Pirus on the Chumash, Sfarno, Kuzari, Ikrim, Drasha Saran, uh, Akeda, and um, also Tarsa Mincha from Rabbi Yaakov Skrili, who's a, a Talmud of the Rashba, that's pretty much the Rishonim, and you'll get a sense in time of where the different things lay and so on and so forth. Um, I was debating back and forth whether to go in order or to pick what I would feel is more important. I think I'll go in order because that will make life easier for everybody in order of these sheets. Um, we will try to find a way to make them available on the internet, and Bezos uh, Hashem when we're Zoha to publish it, you'll be, f- you'll be more than welcome to buy a copy. Um, the first one is Rabbeinu Bechaya. It, it's on the Pasuk and Mishpatim. When we pass the Mishpatim, we will try to do um, every week the, um, something on the Pasha that is coming so that you have some sort of 
uh, fringe benefit from listening. It it says, It this is the Pasik that tells us that a person can uh, actually um, is allowed to heal. It leads us to, in, a, in the question of how much right do we have to intervene in the Bria, a, a theme that will come up later when we speak about Kishim Radhanyanim, um, is man allowed to intervene in the Bria? So on the one hand, we're told, Vasaftas Ganecha, Redua Aretz on the other hand, there's Maisei Hashem. This passage teaches us that man is allowed to heal. Virape Yirape. So this is Rabbeinu Bechaya. He says, He notes a very interesting distinction in the Psukim between Refua as said by Basavadam and Refua as said by Akadosh Baruch Hu. Whenever we speak of Refua by a human being, it's spelled with a Dagesh. Rapo Yirape. We find it with a fe, which is the softer version. And so on. What's the difference between the two? Now, grammatically, the, um, the, the uh, difference between a... Um, Dagesh uh, it is the difference between the strong form and the soft form. For instance, shavar means to break, like when you accidentally when something falls out of your hands, you broke something. Shiber means you pummeled something, you pounded it. Um, it always implies a very forceful action. Vatambaza, so he explains what's the meaning behind the difference. So he says there's a big distinction between refuah in the um, in the way people do it and refuah in the way Akadosh Baruch does it. Let's give a muscle and so we'll understand the point you're trying to make. Um, if if you if if you have a house that's locked. And you have to get in. So, and you're really desperate. It's, it's a kind of emergency. So there are two ways to get in. If the owner comes with a key, he simply uh, opens up the door. If there's no owner with a key, you take an axe and you break it down. Um, if a person has cancer, God forbid, you can take very powerful chemicals, destroy the cancer, and inevitably that has a lot of after effects, side effects, because you're doing an invasive, intrusive activity. If we were to know the secret of why some cells become cancerous, we could simply uncancer them. Um, if we knew the secret of life, how it's appropriate, uh, how, it, how, how it appropriately works, then not only wouldn't, it would not be an interventionist process, we would simply be doing undoing some harm, and almost by definition, that would not have any harmful side effects. So he says, and this is one of the reasons 
when we when we when we by refuah there's a special note of Einu Hashem v'neirafe. It's almost we're asking Kadosh Baruch Hu to be merapas because only your refuah will heal us. And the other brachas, eh, there's no hadgasha, there's, there's no emphasis on this point. You say Baruch Aleinu Sashanaz Eskavasarateva. It doesn't say Ki Ata Hanoisin Geshem, Anata Chayning. All of them, the implication is obvious that when we're being Mispalatak Hashem Baruch Hu, we uh, think that he's the one that's beyond the Lasses. Here we have a special bakasha because men, mankind also has the domain of refuah. But it's a very different type of refuah. It, oh. It's an interventionist. It's, it's um, one, one difficult act counterbalancing another difficult act. So we're doing, we're doing, we're, 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 we are intervening and doing something not good to the body because that will even out what's, what went wrong um, to the body in the other way. But, but what we're doing is not real refuah. It's, it's an interventionist measure. Akadosh Baruch when he heals, he heals the root of it, he sort of removes the disease or the illness or the problem, and therefore it is not, um, it's, it's not something that, it, it's, it leaves no bad effect, no side effect. That's one point that Ben Abachai makes. He also adds a very, very interesting point, um, which to the best of my knowledge is his shita, I don't know, if, and there are, there, are, there are other shitas in different ways. Going back to the etzim issue, is illness, is treating an illness something that seems to be going against HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, or is this indeed HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will? The Ramban, is very famous Ramban, that says, Ma'la Hashem that refuah is given to people of a lower madrega, um, whereas people who are real Mamina HaKadosh Baruch Hu should not need recourse to refuah. They should trust HaKadosh Baruch Hu completely as regards refuah. I don't know if that's the same as, um, I don't know if he, he means it is the same as Bitochen in Ishtabas in, in food and so on, but in Refur, a very famous Rambam. The um, Rabbi Machai says a very interesting compromise. Um, he says, the Rishus for a, a doctor to heal, when there's an outside force that intervened with the body, somebody got a blow from the outside, that's where a doctor is allowed to intervene. But an internal disorder is not telling a doctor. So Mebuchayah says a very interesting um, distinction. He makes a very interesting distinction. If you have a type of disease that was caused by intervention, it was caused by something outside un, uh, unjustly, unfairly, um, intervening with the body's process, you're allowed to countervene that and, um, and uh, y- you know, uh, address the issue. Internal illnesses are sort of a God process, and one should turn to HaKadosh Baruch for reform. So, in a Bechayashita, I'm not aware others, uh, I'm not a, I don't know if anyone else addresses it, but what is interesting is also, in medicine, I- diseases caused by agents are always easier to treat than diseases caused by internal malfunctioning. 
if a bacteria came in, if something, if a force was applied to a hand and it broke, and um, if, 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 if any type of agent was involved in creating a problem, there's a, there's, it, you, it's easy to do it because the assumption is the body internally is good. It's like when a person has a piping system and something got stuck in the pipe, you deal well with it. When the pipe it begins to rot, um, it, it's hard to deal well with it. When the body is internally kind of falling apart, it stops becoming easy to deal with it. Yes? Might the distinction of Rabbeinu Bahai have something to do with Bishra Hoshis of people versus... Uh, I mean, what, what do you mean in, in what sense? Like, if a person did this or if this was something external, then that's not necessarily, I don't know how you'd say it, but as much as from Hashem as... Um, no, it, it, it's definitely, we, we will be learning somewhere along the line the, the, the um, Rishonim using the Pasuk that there are kind of three different causes, so to speak, of things. You have Oyova Yomo, Oyomus Bamulchama, Oybicheta Yomus, um, and, and it does seem to divide the phenomena that we look on as being brought by Hashem and the phenomena we look upon as being brought by man and uh, it's very possible that what you're saying would be right so something which is in the realm of man wrought man can write it uh, that which is divinely ordained it's after God's brought to remove it so what you're saying is, is, is another plausible uh, way of uh, explaining Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar okay the next piece we're going to be looking on is a Sfarno. And the Sfarno speaks about <coughs> Now, this Pasuk has been maligned forever. Um, everyone points out this is the primitive early Hebrews way of looking at things. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Um, later on the rabbis were a little bit embarrassed and they reinterpreted it. V'chulu, v'chulu, v'chulu. Uh, I mean, this, the, this is where the, the Gemara has all the chokhas that Ein Tachsayin doesn't means kesef. And fine, the Gemara has a lot of, lot of wonderful uh, rayas. The Raman brings them. But why, why does the Pasik say it that way? Why does the Pasik um, say it differently than what it is? And this is something that's in any place. There are some places where the Torah Shorah seems to add um, so fine, the Torah doesn't define what Malachas are, so we'll define. That, that's easier to work with. But here, we're talking about a Pasuk, and Torah Shabbat is saying the exact opposite. So, if it's true, why did the Pasuk um, say it that way? So, the Sfano explains it. Ayin Tachas Ayin, Kach hayoroyo kefi hadin hagomo shimida keneged mida. So the Spanish says it's a two-tiered approach. One is justice is a certain writing of things that um, that were out of order. If somebody blinded somebody. Um, Torah, sh- um, fair, justice says the balance is reached when you yourself are blinded. In other words, mishpat, I mean, we inherently have a very strong sense of mishpat. Um, and this is actually one of the issues that has been at the, at the um, sort of unspoken or semi-spoken uh, description of justice. When a person 
when a secular person analyzes law in its, with the capital L. And we ask ourselves, the punishments that society gives to criminals, what are they for? So, um, it used to, so the easy one is as a deterrent. That's easy. In other words, if you make harsh punishments for crimes, people will not do it. A second approach is rehabilitative, which I think most people don't actually feel is the case by many types of criminals. But that's going to just live off the system. The unspoken genie, the, the demon that nobody wants to say is justice. Because the natural answer comes to us is it's only fair. This guy killed somebody. He never, this, this person was never able to see his family, his parents will forever mourn him and so on and so forth. Well, this guy ain't going to see his family and his family ain't going to see him. We all feel that way. We're all taught that this is a very primitive feeling and nobody would admit it publicly that that's true. So we patched around with the other explanations. But we, we do have a very strong innate sense of justice. We feel that just like um, in physics, there's a law that for every action is a reaction. And if you pull a spring, it's going to pull back. And if you push, it's going to push back. We have this very strong feeling that justice ought to be um, a very, very um, real part of the universe. If there's a God, justice to us, it's not possible that one person should become rich with ill-gotten gains. And um, we may allow for it temporarily for free will and so on, but at the end we'd like to see him suffer, um, you know, some chenu kimosinishana. We'd like to see him anehu kimosimchase. Like we'd like to see him suffer. Um, it's if you're secular, then we have to write it off as a primitive emotion, because there is no such thing as justice. There's a system that allows that keeps criminal elements off the streets, and a system that allows them on the streets, but really the word justice is sort of just a primitive feeling. We don't feel so. There is Din Vidayan, Nakarish Prochu is a Dayan Emis. He knows the score of every person's deeds and so on and measures accordingly. So it is Makriya. Humans cannot be trusted with this because it, it is impossible for a person to determine what is justice. So when, you, when you're taking money, a person stole, a person was mazik, and so on, don't, uh, human beings can evaluate money, money works, you can evaluate money, and that's fine. But when you're dealing with, um, with things like taking an eye out, there's no way you could ever do it justly, for many, many reasons. So the Torah, the Torah is, is, we're looking at it with a three-dimensional lens. And that's why we have a discrepancy between Torah Shabbat Shabbat Torah is telling us the Etzimitzias. The Etzimitzias is Ayin Tachsayin. It is Ayin Tachsayin. The Torah Shabbat Peh is saying the way in which this can be fulfilled in this world, given human limitations, is through money. There's no fulfillment of Ayin Tachsayin with an eye because there's no way you can measure the eyes. And, and, and say they're equal, the circumstances, there are 101 things. So, so the, 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 the um, contradiction, so to speak, between Tereshav Alpen and Tereshav Iksav is not a contradiction. It's like, always give a muscle, when you look at a 3D movie, you, you're going to see a slightly different picture of the right eye, a slightly different picture of the left eye, and no matter which system you use, if you use those viewmasters, if you use the, the colored lenses, 
the way in which 3D is, appears to us is in a contradiction between two lines of sight, and the mind sorts it out to give us that third dimension. So when we learn the Tarsatatajrapeh, we reach a following understanding. The person did a wrong. He should be punished with, uh, he, he's punished with justice being visited on him, which means a reversal of the roles. On the, in, the, in this world, we can't do it on the physical level. We can only do it on the financial level. That's the Pshaya. Yes? I'm not sure what the you mean. Does this mean that on, on a certain level, a person who does something like this to somebody else doesn't really, isn't talking it in this world since there's no sort of perfect, or the Torah basically saying to um, say that this is the way that this is dealt with here, even though... I'm not, in, in other words, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I just don't know the answer to it. It could be that in this world, that's what mm-hmm. it translates for. I, I just don't have uh, an answer. Will the person still owe something in the world to come? I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I would hope not. Okay. Um, the next piece is a piece from Ben Abichaya, and it deals with Kishuf. Um, there are actually a few pieces here together, we've put together, Rabbein Abichaya and the Chinuch, and Rabbein Abichaya and the Chinuch. We cut the pieces and put them together so that they point by point, they kind of adjust each other. The, um, there's a Ramam Shita, um, which is not listed here, it's actually listed in Dvarim, I believe, who, who, who does not hold of Kishuf at all. We will speak Ram Shita, obviously, it's a very, very important Shita, and there is one place where he does say something like that does exist, in most places he says not, but these are an understanding of Kishuf, and uh, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar and the Chinuch. Mechashef alotechaya. Inyena Kishuf, what a kishuf is putting together things that don't belong together, and when we put them together, it creates a certain mizuk of the kohos above. And it creates a an alien type of miraculous event. What Kalim does is it's it mixes the Kochos Lamala which uh, separation is very good for them and putting together is bad. Um, so Rebbe gives here an an, uh, an explanation Kishuv and something about its ruchnistic nature. Let's talk about a few things. First of all, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, um, I'll try to give some introduction each time. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar is a Talmud of Rashba. He, and like the Rashba, he has a big hand in Kabbalah, but is able to explain things in a different language as well. Uh, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar is sort of very encyclopedic, by the way. He deals with very pshat-oriented pieces and diktuk-oriented pieces. He brings a lot of the Medrashim on the parasha, and he goes into Kabbalah, and he goes into the philosophy, philosophical ideas and concepts. So here he's explaining a little about Kishuf, and let's and let's ex- understand um, the points made by this. Kishuf is an evil force in the world. Can it be that there is a purely evil section of the world? 
the way the um, Christians kind of visualize, um, you know, forces of uh, bad and evil, devils and demons and so on and so forth. Um, the answer is um, they can't be be'etzim because nothing is their be'etzim that's ra. Chazal describe um, how did Ruchus Shaden start. It says Adam was born Lilis all those years that he was Asr with Chava and Bemela that's created all sorts of Ruch and Shaden. The um, understanding of it is as follows. Akarish Baruch who created a Bria with many pieces in it. It's Adam's job to see to it that all the connections <coughs> are there in the way they ought to be. For instance, man marrying woman is an extremely positive connection. It brings Kedush in the world, brings Shekhin in the world, etc. Man marrying his sister is a very bad connection in the world and it brings Chorban to the world. brings Anzeris, brings Tuma, and so on and so forth. So, the same type of activity, marriage. If 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 you, it's like it's like when you have a kit and you're wiring a machine as per instruction. If you wire as per instruction, you're going to create something very big and very good. If you mess up the wiring, you might put in a high voltage, uh, a high voltage where there should be nothing, um, and uh, you will get very shocked out of it. <coughs> Kishuv is not a shorish to go. There are been a Bechayas, Chiddush here is, or Hezber, I should say Chiddush, Hezber is. Kishuv is not the um, create, it's not rooted in a, in a Matthias that is a shorish to get is. But the way in which Kedusha comes down to us is with different, many, many different pieces. If Darizal, who who um, was the one who was who established Kabbalah, um, gave us the very Masoretic um, Seder in Kabbalah. Um, when he speaks about the Lamaisa of what happens in day to day avoda, in um, in Tefillah and so on, the 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 um, overriding theme is being Mezavik Zivugim, being Miyachid Yichudim, and so on. Our job is to put the right pieces in the right place at the right time. And then it works. The system works. When you connect the pieces the way the instructions tell you to, the system works. Cross them, and you might get something bad. So the good and the... the what's l- it, it's like when you have a kit to build, I don't know, a machine. That kit... Is, you have a kit how to build a car. Everything in it is good. The car is going to be a great car. The pieces are good pieces. And if you connect them the way instruction seat says, you're going to have a great car. If you cross wires, um, misconnect things, you might very well not put a chorb. Kishuf is a person putting the wrong pieces to the wrong places or at the wrong time. Different kohos that a person can short circuit and then he creates the bad in Kishuf. Now, um, the, he, he says something similar to this, kilayim. Kilayim are things that are putting, joining together things 
that were obviously not in the original intent of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This, by the way, is, uh, we also speak about it later on in the passages of Klayim and so on, and Saris, but in the, in the question about cloning and, and, and genetic engineering, in the Ruach of these things, the general accepted approach is that when the attempt is to um, enhance or, um, or for the wealth of that which exists, a person has a gene that is causing disease and I'm able to deal with that gene, then it's very, very welcome. If the person is trying to be an Obachachem, he's trying to be smart in Hashem and create, the person says, well, I, I've got an, a, a, a great idea for a new animal. It's going to be, uh, I don't know, as friendly as a dog, as quick as a horse, etc., etc. Then the person is playing God, and it's hard to say that there's a straight-out issue if he's keeping within the realms of Kalayim. In other words, depending on uh, genetic engineering, probably is not physically the Issa Kalayim. But we would expect that to be Kenege the Ruach HaTorah. And the point is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it, it's like when a person is able to discern out of a, in a jumble of cables which cables, you know, are supposed to go where. So if, if the, our avoda is to straighten out that mess and to put each cable appropriately into its place. But when he messes it up, it's going to become explosive. Let me take this to an area very different, but if you think about it, it's kind of similar. Sometimes a person sees a big person. A big person, I mean a, a Torah personality. And the, per, the, person, the person has some great, um, some, some, some very, very great faculties. The person has some tremendous midas, chachmas, etc., etc. And yet a person has a very, very um, unhappy feeling about him. And as he begins to think about it, he feels those midas that the person has are great midas, but somehow they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's furiously angry with people that you shouldn't be so angry with. And, and uh, he expresses this at a time when he shouldn't. It's called in the Balamusa called Mida Tovashlovim Komo. In the wrong situation, using a, a, a Mida that's wrong. And therefore, um, even though the pieces are good pieces, but they don't connect well. Um, you know, th- they're not the right reaction and the right Mida at the right time. That would be similar to this. You have kohos, but that's just having the kohos in itself is not tov. Having the kohos at the appropriate places um, and so on is what is what uh, tov is. Let's just finish with the next piece, which is a chinuch, who says the same. By the way, um, we're not sure who wrote the chinuch, but the chinuch and Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar and the Rajba are sort of one cheder. They're all from the, he's, he's a Talmud of Rashba, Talmud Chav of the Rashba, um, the Chinuch. So, Eich Shalom it, 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 it does, the Chinuch will quote Rabban a lot of times, paraphrase a lot of times, and so on. Um, the Chinuch explains that Kishuf is, um, uh, is, is something which causes bad, and therefore we have to get rid of it. And he says the Inyan Kishuf is, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu put into everything in the Bria a teva to do 
what's good and right for the Bria. And part of the in internal instruction is that each kind stay with each kind. In other words, in Breshis, from, from the trees and onwards, it says, on all in Evraim. Um, and it, it also says, and each one has a koach lamala, malach lachrich al-maisov. Like it says, ein l'chaisev l'mata, chazal sebe'shaba, she'ein l'mazl m'lamala, she'om l'gadel. Every, every uh, grass has a certain mazl that pushes it to grow. Um, and besides the main, besides what they're supposed to do, and what they do when they're left to the way let, let them do, when they mix with other minim, they um, they have different effects. It's like um, you know you have these these medications that you're not allowed to mix pills because their effect is very different when they're separate or together. Meat is a very very healthy thing and it's a good thing. Akash likes it for Karbanis and for Shabbos. Milk is a very nice thing, very healthy and everything good. Meat and milk together produce some sort of effect in Ruchnius that's not positive. So therefore. Um, he says um, the, 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 the you know a, a person we can't use Kisha and he adds the Chinuch says Chazal said anything that works physically is not Asr as Kishuf Kloyma ain la Asr nisat Kishuf Acha sheyesh to'elos boy motzu b'nisayin be'emes he says, since this is a beneficial product by the w- natural order, then we see it as such. It's, it's when we try to do things that are not a bidechateva, that's when we're running foul and saying, maybe wicks and kaychas. So, a simple farmer who's doing what simple farmers do, and, you know, he treats wounds in a certain way, and he grows crops in a certain way, and these are all things that are part of the natural order, then it's good. Um, so, for instance, digging a, a, an irrigation ditch around um, a, a field, around a tree, is great. It works in Teva, and assumedly that's a good activity. But if a person puts a charm on it, and puts a red thread around it, or whatever it is, um, then the person begins to play different kohos, and that becomes bad. So the Chinuch and Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar both saying a very similar thing that the koach of Kishuf versus Tov is Tov seeks to find the thread of HaKadosh Baruch who's a smaisim in the world to stay with that to properly align things and the person has a hoda even on a physical level we, we tend fields we prune crops we heal sick people but when we mix up the different things because we're trying to subvert HaKadosh Baruch and this is the key phrase. Anything which works in nature is not a subversion of Kashbal's Ratzon, unless it's awesome and foolish. But when in doubt, if apples grow apples, that's what Kashbal wants. That apples will grow apples, will grow apples, will grow apples. If, 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 if a new min doesn't exist in the Bria, and it's only by my in, in, intruding on the Bria, and intervening and, and, and uh, changing it, then the person is running the risk of unleashing a bad koach in the Bria. Yeah. Which, yes, but th- um, I did say we'd do a Rambam, and the Rambam is not here. Um, it's, it's, in, it's later a bit, 
and uh, we'll have to leave it for another time. It is a big Indian Kishuf. We could and should devote, but there's another parish in the Torah later on about Kishuf. We don't, we don't have it on the sheet, actually, the Rambam. Um, so, we'll, as Bezat Hashem, we, we'll, we look forward to many other Shurim, and we'll be able to have it. There is something, by the way, I did want to mention. These, these are things that I come across, like I can't do it in order. I'll just briefly tell you what it is. You can look it up yourself. Uh, this somebody sent me in, a cousin of mine sent me this, and he thought I'd like to enjoy reading this. Um, it's an article by somebody named Eugene Wigner. Eugene Wigner was one of the greatest scientists of the last century. People rank him with Einstein. He was a Hungarian Jew, um, born like 19-ish, died 1995-ish, um, was considered to be one of the giants of physics. He was Jewish. He shmat himself because in Hungary, after the communists were, after Belakon's communists were thrown out, people didn't like Jews because all the communists were Jews. So he, he converted and so on, and he died in America in Princeton. The article is called The Unreasonable Effectiveness of Mathematics in the Natural Sciences. Let me just, I'll tell you briefly, it's, a, it's, it's an article, I, I assume you can get it on the internet, because I got it off the internet, you know, somebody sent it to me. Um, the, the, uh, um, the, the article is a bit on the dense side. You do need to have some idea, some understanding, and to really appreciate it, you need to have a great understanding, which I don't have, but I have some of the understanding. And let me just give you an opening line and, and explain where it's coming from. He gives a little anecdote. Imagine two friends were learning in school together. One guy decided to become a statistician. The other guy decided to become, um, I don't know, you, you name it, something outside of sciences. And they're getting together once, and he asks them, what do you do? He does statistics. So um, I, 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 I create different formulas to evaluate trends and populations and etc. And he shows them. The guy's looking at it kind of strange, fine. And then he says, oh, what's, that, what's the symbol? And he says, it's pi. Well, he says, well, what is pi? So he says, pi is the relationship between a circle and its radius, diameter. Um, so he says, that's absolute nonsense. Like, why would why would the relationship of a circle circumference to its radius in any way be a factor in, in predicting or determining or describing some sort of population phenomena? People don't live in circles. They don't, they don't dance horror all day. So why is it that I see that? It's not so... In, 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 in a lot of... There are a lot of mathematical relationships that, for instance, well, let's give an example, let's, let's, a caricature of what he's talking about. Imagine a kid grew up playing chess. He, was gro he grew up in a jail, and he played chess. And chess is a very fun game. It's a tantalizing game. Somebody invented it and so on. And the guy would grow up, and then he would go out to the world, and he would see that a horse is always next to a bishop. Whenever he sees a real bishop, he sees a real horse. And wherever he sees... Uh, 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 um, castle, there's a horse next to that, and he would say, that's strange. I mean, why would a game that somebody invented have any cycles of that? F there are mathematical relationships. Almost every mathematical relationship finds expression in, why w in, the, in the real world. Wh why would all sorts of um, d d numbers 
like the, squ the square root of 2, find an infinite amount of applications? Uh, why would that be the, the factor that keeps cropping up? And, 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 he and in the article, he, he, he shows physics is supposed to be the, is, is, is the study of reality. Mathematics is a very self-contained um, system that was invented, so to speak. And, and the fact that they, they dovetail with each other in, in extraordinary, and he, and he shows cases where we're talking about things that are almost not a reality, and yet uh, math seems to describe it very well, and so on. Um, the, the, it's, it's extraordinary. Let me finish with his quote. This is, uh, uh, let me end on a more cheerful note. So on the one hand, he's saying that, you know, a person could make a case that there's some sort of prejudice of scientists to keep l liking to put in nice pieces, which, you know, obviously not, they work. <laughs> let me end on a more cheerful note. The miracle of the appropriateness of the language of mathematics for the formulation of the laws of physics is a wonderful gift which we neither understand nor deserve. We should be grateful for it and hope that it will remain valid in future research and that it will extend for better or for worse to our pleasure, even though perhaps also to our bafflement to wide branches of learning. Um, so, so an incredible observation. Um, he, he, people argued with him. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, you know, the, everybody didn't bow their heads and say amen afterwards. But it's a very, very. It's powerful. If you have some sense of these things, <coughs> you can you can make your way through it and get some feel for it. Uh, for those who might, this might be the field of experiences. Definitely is. If if I were to put it in my words, what it evokes is, God built the world from the abstract to the concrete. First came. I don't know, the, the Kavanos, the, the Yehudim, whatever it is. Then at some stage came math, and then math took on physical reality. The proportions of math um, took on physical reality. Um, there's something, uh, people have shown the human form as opposed to the animal form has many, many proportions that are considered to be quote-unquote mathematic ideal, uh, the, 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 the hypotenuse and the, the gold mean and all sorts of things like that, you know, those are types of things. But, but, but the fact is, it seems as if the world was built. Math was the, the, the skeleton of the world and the physics or the, or the, or the physical entities of the world are the flesh and, and, and the meat of the world. Okay, thank you.